Welcome to Dad Devotionals with Dave Domzowski. This is the place for Christian fathers, husbands, and those who love them to find the inspiration, grace, and guidance to help you live God's will for your life and finish your race strong. We share scripture readings, prayers, and advice to help you in your personal and professional life. Now pop in the earbuds or turn up the volume, and let's get to today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to Dad Devotionals. I want to introduce you to my guest today, Sam Cox. Sam is a graphic designer and documentary filmmaker, and he's creator of the new film, New Men, in coordination with Ancient Faith Films. New Men chronicles the lives of monks at Holy Cross Orthodox Monastery in West Virginia, and Sam joins us today to discuss the film and what he learned. Sam, welcome to Dad Devotionals. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. No problem at all. So, why don't you fill us in a little bit more about yourself and your journey uh, to Orthodoxy as we begin here? Sure. Uh, let's see. I've been Orthodox for almost two years now and probably spent a couple of years attending a parish before that, just kind of getting a handle on what what was happening, Sure. getting to a point where I could feel okay about jumping in um with that kind of lifelong commitment (laughs) um (laughs) yeah so um that's kind of a general background on it uh i can happy to go into as much detail as you want sure sure well well what made you let's just before we get into the film what, what made you just say you know what i'm doing it i'm taking the plunge i'm you know Sure. Um, well, I was, I was actually at the monastery filming when I made that decision to convert. Um, yeah, it was just through a conversation. I mean, I guess if I'm going to identify a point, it was a conversation I had with the abbot because while I was filming, I was just continually asking questions of people and had access to um, a community of people who are just living out the kind of Orthodox tradition all day, every day. So um, it was a good place to just talk to people and ask those questions. And um, for me, you know, being somewhat of like a skeptic, I mean, just growing up in the United States and in the West, it's, yeah. We're just super individualistic and skeptical and things have to make sense um, for us to believe them or do them. Sure. So I was just kind of like kept throwing up all of these questions like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And um, it was kind of pointed out to me that those, all of those questions are kind of like external things or concerns that you use to deflect from your own Mm. heart or disposition or things that you you kind of know are true because I knew that um I knew that Christ was kind of very present and real and the saints were very present in the orthodox church like things were happening like supernatural things spiritual things um, so I knew that, but just because you know that doesn't 
it's it's difficult to kind of align yourself with that to say okay well I, i'm going to be on board with that so i was kind of using all those questions to just shield myself from like a spiritual reality i knew was real right um so once that was kind of pointed out to me um i thought about it and i was like yeah yeah i do but yeah, I do want to be Orthodox. And I think at that point, that's when I started like doing a regular kind of regular prayers. Mm -hmm. And I think that really opened the door is that not just like the Orthodox church, but just Christianity in general suddenly made sense through contemplative prayers mm -hmm. um, practiced daily, um, ideally, you know. So that was the turning point when I was it's like, yeah, I think if I can just if I can just follow these prayers and do it, you know, try to do it every day, like I'll be okay. I can do this. So. All right. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. But I guess it's interesting though, because you, you know, say since you're having the conversations there while you're producing the film, you weren't Orthodox yet. So what drew you there to even want to produce this film in the first place? Uh, yeah. I mean, a couple of things I'm just, really curious about a lot of different things and it had been doing design for probably a decade and I wanted to ex explore artistically other mediums um, and I just uh, I think film is just one of the most powerful mediums and you know you could write some kind of blog post or not <laughs> sorry nothing against blogs right, but right. Like you could write a, you could have a blog or go do like an academic program and write like scholarly articles about really important things. But, you know, a lot of people aren't going to have access to that. But if you make a good film, you, you kind of, people are going to sit down and watch that and you're going to have their attention for that whole span of time. You can kind of communicate whatever you want through that in a ways that an essay or some kind of evangelistic kind of thing people are going to react to but if it's a good film they're just going to want to watch it okay. so that that was kind of the initial interest in documentary is like oh i i have ideas and things i want to say about mm -hmm. the world and what's kind of the best way to do that um but ironically, now that I've made this and I've, you know, attempting to be orthodox, um, that desire to kind of continually talk about the world or um, share my opinion about it is, is much less <laughs> than it used to be. Yeah. So the film was kind of both the start and the undoing of kind of an artistic journey for me. So. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I can, yeah. I can appreciate that. Well, well, like you kind of alluded to it a little bit when, when you talked about your journey to orthodoxy while you were there, but can you give us a sense of, you know, what this was like for you as someone who isn't a monk, you know, somebody who started out not orthodox just with an interest and then gradually, you know, ended up converting. What, what, what was this experience like for you overall? I mean, very difficult. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that, 
I don't know the kind of the Christ and his words and the gospels are very intense mm. and you kind of read them and um, it's, it's pretty scary. And so I think a decision to kind of join the church is, is like, okay, I need to actually take these words seriously. Right. Um, and it seemed like the Orthodox church actually was like taking Christ very seriously, not just what he, not just kind of the actions he performed, um, kind of these salvific actions that we kind of partake in, but actually his actual life, um, which was very difficult. Like Christ, at least toward the end, you know, had a pretty difficult life. And that's what we're, we shouldn't necessarily think we're going to escape that right. if we're following Christ. Um, so that was definitely kind of scary to me. Um, and just also like none of my family is Orthodox. Like none of my friends were, I've made Orthodox friends, but none of my close friends who had kind of been traveling through life with were, um, my girlfriend wasn't. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't like a big incentive, like, there was no like social incentive. And so I'm very curious about that of like people who have been compelled by something in the church that they have no other incentive. Like it's not going to give them like social gain or, right, right. or even make them like feel good <laughs> to be Orthodox. <laughs> I've run into that myself. I'm, I'm four years in my wife converted about 15 years ago and yeah, there, there is no, I mean, I, I grew up Catholic, so everyone I know is Catholic. And that's where all the activities are for, you know, young children. I have a four and a two-year-old. So they're all, they're all, you know, where I am, it's all based on, uh, you know, Catholicism or even evangelicalism, Protestantism. So yeah, yeah. No, no, there was no social incentive. It was more, you know, this just <laughs> seemed, I mean, you, you know, you had, you felt the truth was there that wasn't there in, in Catholicism, at least for me. And then also, the the added concept that we wanted to raise our children in the one true faith and that was a that was really big for us and motivating factor too yeah definitely yeah um what were the monks like i mean you know in in seeing the film i mean yeah they, they've all had obviously lives previously but uh you know what just what were they like to interact with and uh, you know were they they were some more comical than others you know were they just were they just like regular guys or was it a little bit different yeah, I mean, that was a big challenge making this film initially to to just kind of know how to behave at a monastery um, <laughs> sure. or even in an Orthodox church. Like, where right. where can I stand? <laughs> yeah. What do I do with myself? Um, but, yeah, I think uh, the monastic life, all different kinds of people, are drawn to that so men at the monastery who are maybe a little more extroverted or outgoing those are the people who might be in like the role of a guest master or interacting with pilgrims things like that <clears throat> things like that um and i mean general kind of like chit chat isn't necessarily encouraged so that was 
I mean, that was a barrier initially to kind of getting to know monks because you're not just chatting <laughs> casually like yeah, right, right. you would normally. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, it seemed like maybe, I mean, monasticism does attract to like a particular kind of, I think in the United States right now, it really does attract people who are maybe a little more naturally contemplative or just thinking deeply or exist, like thinking a little more existentially. Sure, sure. But kind of like an old world country like Romania, just there's so many monasteries there that um, it's probably attracting like a wider field of personalities. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, around this, I thought this was really interesting. Uh, I really like this part. So around the 22 minute mark, there's a monk who discusses how they're forced to focus on themselves. Um, and he says this, uh, the things that you don't like about your life are ultimately things you don't like about yourself. Tell me your reaction to those comments when you first heard them. I think that's probably my favorite line in the film, actually. Um, And, you know, I think it's true. And then, but I've also, I mean, bad things have happened in my life, but I've had like a fairly okay life. Um, um, So statements, you know, statements like that can be tricky because um, on a certain level, you know, if I was, whatever uh, a slave and like a gold mine somewhere like that happens today. Um, I'd probably be dissatisfied with my life and probably because of my like terrible working conditions. But at the same time, you have saints who were like being tortured or being kept in terrible conditions for years, but also were kind of full of the presence of God and God's grace. So it's, it's in that spiritual sense, it's totally true, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's just, but to get to that point, that's like a very intense journey, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you said that I, it almost reminds me of the, um, you know, when the slave trade was obviously tantamount here in the U S I mean, the, they seem to always have that. A lot of them seem to have that faith in God though. And they, you, you hear all these songs that came out of that over the years. Um, so, you know, the, you just, you know, swing low, sweet chariots, stuff like that. So I, I, I imagine it's a similar concept that you're trying to, uh, when you, you know, you just jog my memory when you mentioned, uh, you know, in the gold mining trade. So I just think that's interesting, you know, no matter whether it's Orthodox or not, you're trying to find that medium where you can connect with God, despite your circumstances, despite your inner turmoil. Um, you know, Jumping off of that, that same monk later asked kind of rhetorically, you know, do you really want to seek God above everything else? I think it's kind of a little bit what we're talking about here. How can, how can we do that outside of a monastery and, you know, hopefully not as a slave? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Ask your priest. I, guess. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure talking to the abbot. Maybe you, you had some wisdom. Uh, well, I certainly can. I certainly can take a crack at it. Um, <laughs> okay. um, 
don't know. This is like a huge question for me still of how, how to do that. I think even before I was Orthodox, I had, because I grew up, I grew up in kind of evangelical Christianity and like even fairly young, I would just read things about people giving away all their wealth. And I was like, I want to give away all my money. And I think kind of, we kind of <laughs> skirt around kind of things like that. But I mean, like, oh, I have to be responsible to my family, but like I'm single right now. Technically I could give away all of my possessions. And um, like, honestly, I, I think about that of like, is that something I should do? Is that something I should be doing? Um, but at the same time, you know, um, I have a responsibility to at least my landlord and my clients, you know, I'm a graphic designer by day. So I have to show up with like a nice shirt on, um, to a meeting or something and not in rags. Yeah. Um, so I think as much as, I don't know what we do just has to be in context with other people. And I, I think that's, you know, I'm single. So that's a, a challenge of not making my life just totally about me and doing whatever I want. Um, but being married and having kids or having a spouse, um, you're there to just kind of like serve them and facilitate their life. Um, so that's all I got for now. <laughs> no, no, that's great. It actually helps with my, my, my next question here. So, you know, this podcast is designed really to, to focus on men in particular, dad devotionals, being a husband, being a father. So how can us men emulate the monks in their death to self? Um, I know you're, I know you're single, but um, can you take a crack at that one? Hmm. Yeah. So one of the monks, um, he just said uh, they're kind of uh, I think a, a bishop or something that is part of connected to the monasteries told him um, oh there's no rest for the wicked <laughs> in reference to I think he he was they were trying to do something or he wanted some kind of something to happen and the bishop just said oh there's no rest for the wicked as in um, you know, like the old saying, like idleness is the devil's playground. Like that's kind of true. Is like yeah. as soon as, as soon as I'm just like, I'm just gonna take this time just for me to do whatever I want or like relax. It's like I'll end up just watching like something stupid on Netflix or whatever, and then it's kind of like oh, I was looking forward all day to relax, relaxing, but this is all I've done for that time is kind of worthless and yeah is not uplifting like I would have been um so just like work and prayer like that is the life of the monastery is you're working and you're praying and if you're not doing one or the other you're you're like sleeping um so just thinking about you know work as a form of prayer um Good point and not just 
and I think certain forms of work can also be restorative. Like I really want to get some raised beds and make a garden and, and just start thinking about work and prayer, not as, as these siloed activities, but as things like even the washing dishes, like you can say the Jesus prayer, washing dishes, cooking dinner, um, doing your laundry, um, walking those things can be prayerful and that that i mean that really helps me that's definitely a takeaway that i'm trying to bring into my own life is just that attitude towards work not a not getting obsessed with kind of a deadline or accomplishments like they have a morning work period they have an afternoon work period and once they're done with that um you know they're not really stressing about it yeah (laughs) Because they've done their work, you know, the rest is in God's hands, really. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, 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 that makes sense. I think that's, it's tough for us in the world, but, you know, obviously when you get to focus on it, I guess it has its own challenges too. But um, last thing, it just, it just popped in my head as, uh, as we were talking here, how have you been able to reconcile some of the, maybe the core beliefs and your upbringing with evangelicalism, with orthodoxy. Has that been tough? Uh, not, as, not as much as one might think. Because okay. um, I kind of, I was, grew up in kind of a Pentecostal, charismatic kind of world. Okay. And so a lot of those things happen with, within the church. Just, or like spiritual warfare is very present or it is kind of an acknowledged thing is that there are dark spiritual forces that are want to bring you down and get you um like real spiritual personalities that want to see your demise um yeah and so just kind of like the holy spirit the work of the holy spirit um being connected to god like in your heart mm-hmm. um those are those are languages that are used in both places um and then i yeah okay no i appreciate you sharing that it just i, I just thought of it i thought i'd ask because i you know i know a lot of people especially in america obviously they're not they weren't they're not created orthodox you know unless they came over here on the boat uh so it's right. interesting to see how people have um have uh, reconciled some of that because I know I know there's a little bit of differences in Catholicism as well so it was you know it was, it was tough for me like what do I mean we we don't acknowledge the Pope what's this because <laughs> mm-hmm. it was a very big deal for me growing up in Catholic grade school high school and college so yeah yeah um okay last thing I got for you uh any projects that are coming up outside of New Men that you want to tell us about and where can we learn more about the film hmm well early stages of another film i haven't quite decided what it's about yet okay um but i'm very interested in uh the aesthetic aesthetics of spirituality and iconography both in the orthodox church and more broadly in other spiritual traditions and the power of iconography and images um and symbolism so the next i think film is going to be um just exploring that the yeah aesthetics of religion or spirituality um 
and then yeah so many thoughts about that but that's sure that's no, much that's, i got right great. now um and then yeah learn about just go to newmendoc.com so newmendoc.com and then that's that links to where you can watch the film buy a dvd read about the film um send me an email all that is there perfect Sam, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate you sharing your insights. And I know I enjoyed watching the film last night with my wife and we'll probably watch it again sometime soon. So I encourage everyone to to check it out. Um, And Sam, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, look look to have you back sometime soon to discuss maybe the new uh, iconography iconography film. So thank you. Definitely. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. And now let's get to today's reading. It comes to us from the Gospel of John. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he came out of Judea into Galilee. Brothers, I hope you are lifted up by my interview today with with Sam Cox and um, that you found some inspiration in today's scripture. Uh, now let me just share the Jesus prayer with you. Lord Jesus, Son of God. Have mercy on me, a sinner. God bless you, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Dad Devotionals with me, Dave Domzowski. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and also email us at daddevotionals at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash daddevotionals and also youtube.com slash daddevotionals. Make sure to subscribe, like us, Do whatever you got to do to stay in touch. Thank you for listening.